Um, I feel like I forget that we have like a spooky intro. And I'm yeah. like, hi. So now I'm like, hello. I'm going to. Like <laughs> Where are usual depressed selves? Maybe like dark and mysterious. <laughs> Welcome back to Everything with the Girls. I'm Grace. I'm Lydia. And we are glad to see you and hear you. Wow. Be with you. Spend some time. We're glad for you to hear our voices. It's nice to spend some like alone time with you and your eardrums. Yeah. Shout out to your dad for reviewing us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my dad. <laughs> my dad left a review and it's so cute. He might. He says I might be biased because my daughter co-hosts, but it's like super interesting. <laughs> Me. It's the fact that he gave us titles of co-hosts. Like, we're hosting our own proper show. Like, we're professional now. My family is so supportive. It's, I love it. I appreciate it. Yeah, mine isn't. <laughs> mine say they'll listen and they never do. <laughs> yeah. They probably just listen to the intro. Yeah, and you're like, that's enough. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. This week, we're talking about Shannon Matthews. You may not know her name when I say it. But after this episode, you're definitely going to remember her and you're definitely going to remember this case. Because yeah. I, do you remember ages ago when we did the John Bonet case? Um, mm-hmm. And like John Bonet was all about how her family might have been involved in the murder and the disappearance and blah, blah, blah. And I remember yeah. thinking about Shannon Matthews' case, but I couldn't for the life of me fucking remember her name. But obviously yeah. now I remember her name and it's Shannon Matthews and you will too. I do remember Shannon. I remember it happening as well. But like, I feel like it's very similar to the John Bonet Ramsey case in many ways, but also not so much because it's not overly talked about anymore. Whereas still, John Bonet is talked about. Well, it's that's the same as Madeline McCann, and we kind of we'll touch yeah. on that in a bit about why no one talks about Shannon Matthews anymore, and everyone's talking because about other people. Lower class family. Anyway, oh, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so yes, this week is the case of Shannon Matthews and her disappearance. Don't worry, spoiler alert. She's fine, everybody. She's fine. I thought she was. Thought they found her dead in the loft. Wow, are you in for some big surprises? Let's get Unless started. Unless I'm thinking of a, another case that's similar. Uh, well, I we'll, mean, we'll get on to that. We'll, we'll get. I'll explain the case. Yeah, I'll explain the case that I thought it was. Yeah. No, we're just we're just gonna deep dive and we're just gonna do it. You know, let's go. Yeah. So nine-year-old Shannon Matthews was last seen at three ten on the nineteenth of February two thousand and eight outside her school, Westmore Junior School, Dewsbury. Dewsbury Moor. Yeah. Dewsbury Moor. After a visit to the Dewsbury Sports Centre. Swimming pool. That's like that's a long title. <laughs> yeah, in West Yorkshire, England. The school was about half a mile from her home, and at six forty-eight, that's a very specific time. Mm. Shannon, <laughs> Shannon's mother, Karen, rang the police to report that her daughter was missing after she had not returned home from school. West Yorkshire. Oh my god. <laughs> West Yorkshire Police started the search and eventually involved more than 200 officers and gained massive public interest. I remember seeing like the um, CCTV. I do, like the thing that I remember is her picture. Like I couldn't remember her name, but I remember her face. You remember she had like a full fringe. Yeah, like, blo- like, like mousy three, blonde hair. Three braces teeth, like the classic. Yeah. And it was like a classic school like, photo. 
not chubby cheeks, but like yeah, typical she, she kid was, face. Yeah, she was like a yeah, like the classic kid. Yeah, yeah. The investigation into Shannon's disappearance was led by Detective Superintendent Andy Brennan. I remember his name. I think it's whether okay. it's to do with this or something else, but I remember his name. West Yorkshire Police eventually questioned over 1,500 motorists and searched 3,000 houses. That's a lot of warrants to get to search houses. I know, yeah, it is. Jesus. It was, a big, it was at the time, it was massive, wasn't it? Yeah. By the 5th of March, more than 250 officers and 60 detectives were involved in the investigation, about 10% of West Yorkshire's force operational strength. It became the largest police investigation in West Yorkshire since the Yorkshire River. We'll talk about him as well because I've finally started the documentary. (laughs) You've only just started it? Yeah, I was like holding off until I could really focus on it, Mm. which happened 30 years earlier. Of 27 specialist victim recovery dogs in the UK, 16 were involved in the search. Like, this was a big case. Like, big search, yeah. Massive. Um, but also, when you think of, like, 60 detectives involved, that's like, were there too many cooks in the kitchen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the kidnapping of Shannon gained serious public interest in media coverage. Her case was linked to the case of Madeleine McCann. And there were also a lot of focus on the case due to the numerous public calls for help from Karen Matthews. The Sun offered a reward of £20,000 for information leading to Shannon's safe return. It was increased to £50,000 on the 10th of March, by which time she had been missing for 20 days. West Yorkshire Police created the webpage, Missing Shannon Matthews Appeal, and on the 7th of March released a photograph of Shannon on the website. The police released the recording of... The 999 called made by Karen reporting the child's disappearance. An official website, Help Us Find Shannon, including the Shannon Matthews Appeal, was launched on the 11th of March. Both these websites were removed after Shannon was found, so unfortunately, we couldn't find anything else about them. Um, A comparison was drawn between publicity given to the disappearance of Madeleine McCann and the much lower level of publicity for Shannon. Rob Greenslade, writing for the Guardian blog, explains, overarching everything is social class but added that Shannon's disappearance in the UK made a difference. So in a nutshell, Shannon isn't as newsworthy as Madeline because one, Karen probably couldn't afford to pay for private investigators, and two, perhaps doesn't have the ability to mobilise an investigative campaign as well as Kate and Jerry could have. Kate McCann was a GP and Jerry McCann was a doctor, specifically within sports medicine, so it's pretty safe to say they were both well-educated, articulate and smart. In comparison to Karen Matthews, they're much more likely to be able to get the media on their side. As well as this, they epitomised the idea of a perfect family. They had two kids and said, no, what did they have? Madeline and twins, was it? Mm-hmm. Set of twins, yeah. And they were married. I, mean, I understand. Happy. Yeah, but I understand like that they were able to get the more media attention. But that also meant that the investigation wasn't as well done either. I think mm. the media attention had a massive lack, had a massive uh, restriction on the investigation as well because there was too much attention. Yeah. For um, Madeleine McCann, like the mm. there were too many like roadblocks with it, and also because the media turned on Jerry and Kate. I don't think that's necessarily to do with the media. I think that's more because it was in a foreign country. 
Um, and they didn't have like the investigators that they needed to do something. No, like yeah, that. no, I know that. No, I know what you mean. But what I mean is, especially with it being in a foreign country, it's already very hard. But if you've got all that media attention as well, and you're not equipped to deal with that as well, which I'm sure then they weren't in the Algarve at that point because it was a very mm. quiet area. It's not like it's in London or Paris, but where the police are probably trained for stuff like that. So I think having that much attention onto onto that investigation put almost a bit too much pressure. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And also, like, there are comparisons in the sense that I don't know much about the Shannon Matthews case, which is obviously what we're going to go into, but it seemed to be a bit more, what's the word? Thorough? No, not thorough. Organised? I wouldn't say it was thorough at all, and I'll get into no. why later. Not at all. But anyway. Basically, my point is that Karen Matthews <laughs> is a single mother, um, and she lived on a council stay in West Yorkshire, and her daughter, I mean, she was a mother of seven children, I think, with five different fathers, like she lived on, she didn't live on her own. She lived with this guy. I can't even think of his name right now. Craig Meehan, who was not a father to any of the children. It was just one. It's like mm. kind of like the stereotypical council estate mum. I don't want to. It's the it's like the lower working class, whereas yeah. Jerry and Kate were the higher working class. So this it kind of it worked against her, Karen, but also in her benefit as well because. Mm. She gained a lot of media attention because can't it works like against her, but also in her favour because she was able to use the me- use the media as a tool to get more attention, which is actually what she wanted. When you look at the mon- the money for the reward was going up, she was doing yeah. televised conferences, even though the police were telling her not to. Yeah, where she was like crying and calling Shannon her princess and blah blah blah. As the investigation went on, it kind of ended up like being pretty clear that Shannon wasn't really Karen's favourite or anything like that at all. Really? Yeah. I mean, I know you've put it down here, but it's like it's like you've said in the script that Madeleine McCann was in another country. So over here, as much as if it was very much newsworthy, families weren't really relating to it that much. Mm. Whereas if it's a working class mother, single mother, who's working God knows whatever, like it's a lot more relatable here. If it happens here, it's like, oh, well, actually we need to realise that our children aren't safe. Like, yeah, it isn't 20 years ago when you could just go out and do whatever you wanted as a child. Mm. Like Mm. there are dangerous people out there. But I feel like as well, it's kind of, I don't know if it's safe to presume this, but I would say that if Shannon was still missing in the way that Madeline was, she would have probably been forgotten about by now. Whereas no one would ever forget Madeline McCann's name. And that's definitely to do with the social aspects of their family's lives. Yeah, definitely. But I think that the, the only thing that helped Karen and Shannon in, well, Shannon mostly in this case was that she went missing in the UK Mm-hmm. And suddenly people were thinking, yeah. like, there's an immediate danger to my children. My children can't go out on the streets. It was 3 p.m. when she went missing. It it's on your doorstep. Yeah. yeah. 
she'd gone swim like into the to the swimming pool. Like kids did that after school all the time. And it was a I lot used like to do it all the time. A lot like when the Yorkshire Ripper started killing victims and then suddenly women weren't allowed to go out in public in case they were going to get murdered yeah, yeah. and like across the country as well like me and my mum were talking about that and she said that when she was in work in town her boss was like the only way you're leaving is if one of the men walk you to the train station and I think there's and then always, you have to pick you up there's always a fear of an, the unknown but when it happens right outside your doorstep then yeah, yeah. That's, that's where the frenzy starts happening yeah definitely um, so the Times noted that the local community had pulled together, but that the hunt appeared less newsworthy than the most minor developments in the search for McCann. The Brisbane Times said that Karen Matthews and Kate McCann represented two sides of the social class coin in Britain. The Daily Telegraph speculated that had Shannon been part of a middle class family, um, then more public attention would have been focused on the effort to find her. So you kind of... Uh, I don't think I've put it in here, but when I was looking at like the investigation stuff, it's not that the police stopped searching for Shannon, but it was that no. people in the local community had to print their own T-shirts and they had to go out looking for her. And it was very like, you're, was helping, but you're, you're helping, but you're not actually doing as much as you could. Even yeah. though at the beginning we're saying that there's all these statistics of, you know, the police dogs are helping, 60 detectives, blah, blah, blah. No one's actually doing anything. Yeah. Because no one's questioning Karen Matthews. Like, you watch watch these videos of her online talking, like talking during the police conference. No one's questioning her. She doesn't look like she's sad. Yeah, something doesn't fit right there. But they're not like following the links that they need to follow. Yeah, yeah. But like, and I know it says we said at the start that like over two hundred officers and all that. That doesn't necessarily mean that at like in that one time within the space of a week, there were 200 officers oh, yeah. working on this. And that doesn't... Like, it, that's over the whole, like, spans of the investigation. And it's like when you said, like, it doesn't always mean the more the merrier. Sometimes it's too many people. Like, if you look... I, I keep talking about the Yorkshire Ripper case because just, I just watched that documentary. But if you look at that, it took them over five years to find him. And even then it was by chance because he was driving a car with illegal number plates on it. It yeah. was literally by chance. Yeah. Anyway, like I said, they weren't following the trail that they needed to follow and they weren't, they never questioned Karen and it was all a bit suspicious. And then suddenly her boyfriend, Craig Meehan, comes into the mix. So on the 7th of March, so Shannon's been missing nearly a month now mm-hmm. and there's nothing. Karen goes on, Karen Matthews, Shannon's mum, goes on ITV's GMTV and says that she is certain that her 22-year-old boyfriend, Craig Meehan, was not involved in the kidnapping, and he would never hurt anybody. Meehan was defended by Shannon's father, Leon Rose. Karen and Meehan, in an interview on BBC Radio 4's Today programme on the 12th of March, were questioned about suggestions by her parents that Meehan had been violent towards Shannon, and on Karen having seven children by at least five fathers. Commenting on the interview, the Independent said that the case had developed a cruel overtone and that such questions went far beyond necessity and lifted the lid on an uncomfortable hypocrisy in British society. So, she's been missing a month now. There's no evidence to suggest where she might be or anything like that. And now the media are kind of starting to attack Karen and Craig, the boyfriend. Mm Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is the independent is saying that it's unnecessary and it's kind of harsh. Yeah, like what? 
I obviously I don't fully remember how this turned out because I think I'm getting it mixed up in my head with another case. But what are they going off to say that he? Well, maybe he has had an involvement. But it's like when, like, it, other like, than the fact that he's not her biological dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, or if there's evidence to say that potentially, like, if he, I don't know, like, if they checked his phone records and he was within the triangular area of where she was taken at that time or something like that. Like if there was evidence to say that potentially he was in the area when she was taken, then there would be questions. But if there's only questions because, well, we haven't got anything else to go on. So let's look closer to home for no apparent reason. Mm. But I think that's what happens a lot when it's like an unsolved mystery or whatever. You look to the family. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So Craig had been with Karen for four years at, by the time Shannon disappeared. He was just 22 years old at the time, which meant that he was 18 when he met Karen. And she mm. was, I want to say she was like 33, 35. So she's okay. a fair bit older than him. She, he's a boy yeah. toy. And she has um, seven kids. And she has seven kids. I don't know many 18-year-olds who would take that on. Mm. Yeah. Um. So... On the 12th of March, Karen stated that she feared her daughter had been abducted by someone known to the family in order to, quote, get at her, but she had not given up hopes of her being found alive. But why is someone wanting to get at you? Well, this is the thing. So, as time goes on, I think... And fingers start getting pointed at Craig and Karen. I think they start panicking, thinking, oh, shit, like, people are going to think that we've been involved. So they kind of keep developing their story, developing their story. Mm. And then this is what happens. Okay. So in, in in any case, I need to stop talking and just read on? Yes. Okay. I don't want to I'm too inquisitive for stuff like this. I don't want to give out a spoiler, but you're about to find out what's going on. Okay, no worries. Okay, let's read on. So on the 14th of March 2008, at 12.30, West Yorkshire Police found Shannon alive. Woohoo! Yay, she's alive. Brilliant. That goes against all statistics. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, this is 24 days after she went missing. I think it's more like after the 48-hour mark, the they chance of them being that, found like, alive. Yeah. Yeah, it's like less than 50%, isn't it? She was concealed in the base of a divan bed, which is just basically a solid bed with like a hollow inside, isn't it? Mm. Underneath the mattress. In a flat in Lydgate Gardens, Batley Car. Which again, I'm assuming is in Yorkshire because yeah. West Yorkshire Police it's have been there. Not very far away at all. Okay. Michael Donovan, the 30 year old, not 30, taking the years off him. Michael Donovan, the 39 year old tenant of the flat, was arrested at the scene. Shannon was placed under police protection and cared for by the local social services department. The police exercised powers under the Section 46 of the Children's Act, 1989. <laughs> which allows a child to remain subject to police protection for 72 hours. She ceased to be subject to police protection on the 17th of March and since then has remained in the care of the Kirklees Family Services on a voluntary basis. 
On the 15th of March, the police reported that Shannon had begun to recover after her ordeal and specially trained officers questioned her to establish what had actually happened. The questioning, which lasted several weeks, took place in 10-minute sessions at the children's suite resembling a classroom. So I assume to make her feel as comfortable as possible and like in a safe space. So basically what you need to know now mm-hmm. and what the police found out very quickly after this was that Michael Donovan was actually Craig Meehan's uncle. Okay. So, yeah, carry on. Okay. Okay, things are getting a bit more spicy. Let me add a little bit of spice to that for you. <laughs> Go for 2021, delete TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Socialised as an actual human being. Yeah. Donovan, Donovan was charged with kidnapping, false imprisonment and committing acts intended to pervert the course of justice on the 17th of March 2008. He appeared before Dewsbury Magistrates on the 18th of March and was remanded in custody. He appeared at Leeds Crown Court via video link from his prison cell. Well, they didn't even let him out of his cell. It's another way to say fuck you. <laughs> on the 26th of March. The provisional trial date was fixed for the 11th of November. Mian was arrested on the 2nd of April. Day after your birthday. There we go. I know. I feel like every episode we find a link to your birthday somehow. (laughs) (laughs) On suspicion of possessing indecent images of children. After the police had examined computers from the home, so literally nothing in connection to Shannon. Police found this computer and this child porn out of sheer luck. They searched his house and hundreds of others for evidence in connection with Shannon, and basically just discovered by chance that Craig Meehan was a massive piece of shit. And in fact, a paedophile. He was remanded in custody by Jewsbury magistrates and at a hearing on the 3rd of April was charged with 11 offences of possessing indecent images of children. So, to recap, Donovan steals Shannon. Donovan is also Craig's uncle. Donovan actually takes Shannon, though. Well, we don't know. I don't think we ever actually found out. But Donovan has Shannon. Donovan is also Craig's uncle. Craig is also a paedophile. Who the fuck would have thought it? Crazy. Crazy. This is going into so many other directions. I I didn't even think it was possible. On the 18th of April, Meehan pleaded not guilty and elected to be tried by magistrate rather than by jury. Because he obviously knows that either way is fucked. Like, yeah. They yeah. literally have the photos, but okay. Yeah. On the 16th of September, 2008, he was convicted by Dewsbury Magistrates on 11 counts of possessing child pornography, relating to 49 images of level one, level two, level three, and four. Don't even know what needs to be classed as those levels. Like, I mean, they get progressive. something I never need they? to know. Can you imagine yeah. having that? Like, I've actually applied for that job to like rate the thing rate yeah, the yeah. On, like one two or three that's how desperate i was for a job at one point that is awful. oh god i just can't like Horrible. the fact that the, like you think that just a, any image of that like category is going to be horrendous but then the fact that there are four levels it kind of doesn't really make sense to me why you'd need to do they get a less charge if it's a level one 
I don't know. Like, it doesn't make, like, to me, child porn is child porn. Like, it's fucking Yeah, that, okay. that's what I mean, though, yeah. It is a bit bizarre. That's what I mean. Mm. It is what it is. So how the hell are they categorized into four levels? Who knows? Anyway, so they found these four levels of images, 49 of them, on his computer after it was seized from the house he lived in with Karen on Moorside Road. On the same day, he was sentenced to 20 weeks imprisonment. 20 weeks, is that it? Okay, sorry, I need to finish a sentence before yeah. I make a comment. <laughs> so, on the same day, he was sentenced to 20 weeks imprisonment, but was released as he had spent longer on remand than the length of his sentence. I fucking hate the judicial system. How like, are you even, having a laugh? It took, them, a tw- it took them at least 10 weeks to charge him. But That's ridiculous. Think about it. Forget about him. Think about it in general terms like our criminal justice system say you've been charged with something he and you spent 10 weeks in prison imagine if you then got found not guilty you spent 10 weeks in prison for nothing and yeah. it's longer it's way longer for different crimes yeah 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 people got that's a month without that, getting yeah. a trial that's awful nice. isn't it it's scary really after shannon was found natalie murray Former best, former. Let's put a. Oh, this is where it gets a bit. Put a pin in that. Former best friend of Karen yeah. Matthews decided to talk to Karen and confront her face to face. Oh, let's get into a bit of a Jeremy Kyle moment. It was yeah. very much Council House Jeremy Kyle. Oh, okay. Natalie knew that Mia and Matthew's relationship had hit a rough patch, and she had heard rumours that Matthews had planned to leave her partner. For Donovan. <gasps> so, so, so scandalous. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like we can also joke. Quit. Sorry, we can joke about it because Shannon's okay now. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, if you're hearing this, I'm really sorry that that ever happened to you. I mean, that's not her name anymore. But... No, but like, she still knows that she's Shannon. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> exactly. There are also claims that those involved had planned to share the £50,000 reward money. Like, Also, £50,000 ain't going to get you too far, love. Like, Relax. No need to kidnap a child. On top of all this, like that, that's not even where it like, ends. It, there's more. So on top of all this, Natalie states that Karen's behaviour throughout the investigation was just a little bit weird. There was no other word for it. For example, Karen spoke to the press despite being told specifically not to. I mean, I understand that being a bit weird because if you want to do everything possible to get your child back and the police who are trained in this have said, Mm. don't talk to the press, surely you're going to do what they tell you to do. Yeah, I mean, part of me, you want to think that you would, but you also would be like, fuck you. I I understand. It's not a rational situation. Now you look, now you know what's actually happened and that actually Karen doesn't really give a fuck whatsoever. That is weird. She's obviously just attention. So throughout the investigation, Karen carried on with family life as if Shannon wasn't even missing. And she was never alone or left with Craig, Meehan, near her. Natalie even stated that Craig never left her side and if it was if it wasn't him there was always others around they'd be having conversations and if I walked in they'd all go quiet Ooh. 
So someone's hiding something, and Natalie ain't afraid to snitch, which, if it does good, I don't mind. <laughs> Barry South, what a name. Barry. Who is the former commander of policing, stated... I remember thinking whether she was autistic because she was laughing and smiling after meeting her before the media appeal. I mean, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a judgment to make, isn't it? Like, like she can't be guilty. She must just be autistic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. South had said that he knew something wasn't right with Karen. I mean, we can all agree with that, can't we? Karen was arrested on the 6th of April on suspicion of attempting to pervert the course of justice and was charged with child neglect and perverting the course of justice on the 8th of April. At a hearing on the 5th of September 2008, she was also charged with kidnapping and false imprisonment. Okay. Amanda Hyatt, who was me and sister, was arrested on suspicion of assisting an offender on the 4th of April. Like, this isn't even a, a couple thing. This has got a whole no, load of people involved. gang gang. The whole like, estate is involved. Jesus, how is the whole of West Yorkshire not involved at, at this point? Okay, now. Meehan's mother, Alice Meehan, sister of Michael Donovan, was arrested. Fucking hell, there's more arrests here. So she was arrested as well on suspicion of attempting the... Pre- to pervert the course of justice on the 4th of April. Hyatt and Alice Meehan were released on police bail on the 4th of April, but were re-arrested with me and sister Caroline, fucking hell, I can't deal with this, on <laughs> the 10th of April and held on suspicion of perverting the course of justice before the re- their release on bail. Hyatt and Alice Meehan were later released without charge. Karen Matthews was remanded to face trial alongside Donovan on in November 2008. That was a find, roller coaster. Don't you find it a bit like weird that all the whole Meehan gang are involved, but Karen was apparently going to leave him for Donovan? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know. But if they think that between the uh, well, they're five, five of them, they're all getting 10 grand each, I mean, I'd be like, all right, take her. I don't want to. <laughs> take her. <laughs> so... In November 2008, the trial heard evidence that Shannon had been drugged to subdue her whilst being held. The Daily Telegraph reported that the jury was told Shannon was drugged and restrained with a strap tied to a roof beam after her mother hatched a plan to make £50,000 from her fake kidnapping. On the 13th of November, Detective Constable Mark Crudence and Detective Superintendent Andy Brennan gave evidence at Lee's Crown Court. A forensic toxicologist told the court that tests on Shannon's hair indicated she'd been given temazepam, often used to treat sleeping problems, for up to 20 months before her disappearance. Donovan claims that Karen Matthews had asked him to look after her daughter for several days and that they would make money from newspaper rewards. He told the court that she had threatened him with violence. Okay, whatever, Donovan. On the 27th of November, Karen Matthews gave evidence. Sobbing throughout, she denied having anything to do with her daughter's disappearance, claiming that Meehan told her to take the blame for what had happened. She says she did so because she was scared of him. In cross-examination, Julian Goose QC said that she had told police a total of five versions of the story and accused her of telling lie after lie after lie. Now, I'm not here to put the blame on any one person. I think Donovan Matthews and Meehan are probably equally guilty. But there are several news reports that state that Matthews and Mian were really happy and in love. 
Can I uh, can I disagree with that? I'm fully putting the blame on the mother. Okay, gotcha. Just, just my point just is to put my two cents in. My point is that there's loads of news reports that say that Matthews and Mian were really happy in love, and it, while that mm. might not be true, you never know what's going on inside a relationship. Yeah, it's yeah. funny that she never says anything until she's being blamed for it. She suddenly starts yeah, accusing yeah. Mian of raping her, abusing her, threatening her. Can she be trusted? Probably not. No. I mean, unfortunately, even if all that abuse did happen, it's it, like, still not okay. Yeah. No, that's true. No, like, you have still kidnapped your child in that's order true. to extort money that's from true. strangers. Like, you've still neglected your child. Like, you get it yes, with, like, all women, though. This is, this is different. But look at every single case we've done now. Paula. Paul. Hamalka. Hamalka and Carla Hamalka. She fucking loved it until she got caught, didn't she? Fred and Rose yeah, West. Yeah. She Rose was the one doing it before they got caught. Yeah. Myra Hindini and Brady, she fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not even me being like, oh, she's the most evil one because she's a woman. No, this is your child. You have a responsibility yeah. over your child. Like, as a mother, like, mm-hmm. this isn't just me being like, oh, you're a woman, you should have these motherly instincts. No, that is your biological child. Like, yeah. You're, like, you're just a piece of shit. Like, and if you don't want children, don't fucking have seven of them. Use a condom. You can get them for free from the fucking clinic. Like, I hate people. Yeah. Safe sex advice from Lydia. <laughs> Best person to get it from. <laughs> On the 4th of December 2008, Karen Matthews and Michael Donovan were found guilty of kidnapping, false imprisonment and perverting the court of justice. The plan had been for Donovan to release Shannon at Dewsbury Market, drive around the corner and discover her. Wow, what a plan. Okay. He was then, he was then, he was then to take her to the police station and claim the £50,000 reward. This would be split between Donovan and Karen Matthews. On the 23rd of January 2009, both were sentenced to eight years in prison. Karen Matthews was released in April 2012 after serving just half her sentence. We love the justice system. I, I that, Again, I don't understand it. Like Donovan had already actually been released, so Donovan did even less time than, than Karen. Which is kind of, I mean, that's fair enough, but they should both have got longer than they did, you know? Yeah. Karen Matthews was given a new name for use in public, although authorities did not consider her mentally capable of maintaining a completely new identity, and she will retain her name for engagement with officials. During the trial, the prosecution revealed that Shannon Matthews had been suffering from nightmares after the event and needed regular psychotherapy counselling. Shannon has since been given a new identity and placed with a foster family. I think she would now be like 22, 23. Yeah. So... Yeah. Oh, it's a bit of a roller coaster, isn't it? So, in the aftermath of the trial, revelations about the life that Shannon Matthews and her siblings had endured with their mother was widely highlighted and politicised in the media or by the media. Same thing. The welfare state was heavily scrutinised. The Daily Telegraph described a dysfunctional family where children equaled benefits, a claim that was supported by Shannon's aunt, Julie Poskett. I've never known so many people to be involved in one case. (sighs) Just saying that. (laughs) Jesus. 
Writer Owen Jones later proposed in his 2011 book, Chavs, The Demonization of Working Class, that for both the Conservative Party and those of the media traditionally supportive of its agenda, Karen Matthews had become a conventional political prop. That was the case that was cynically used to garner the public support for the party's subsequent programme of austerity and cutbacks on spending on welfare. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that. Like, they definitely use the class system to their own benefit, don't they? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'll try not to get too political in this episode. It is quite a political case, though, no matter how you look at it. But, like, it's not, but it was turned into. Especially for, like, me, a child of criminology... Like that's Child what I did. That's what I did. Um, I a criminologist, one might say. It's very easy and for me. Yeah, like, so that means I'm an investigator, then, does it? Yeah, you are. No, I'm a scholar, don't you know? <laughs> but my point is that you kind of look at these cases, and it's hard. Like, I mean, I don't think I studied this particular case, but when you do read them, even now, you have like a different understanding don't you if you've studied things yeah. at uni i mean you always no one can be naive to the fact that the the uk especially works on a class system mm. like it's it's in every every situation you ever go through living here like yeah. i'm sure it is in other countries as well but because i've only ever grown up here so um but when a case like this comes about and it's like thrown into people's faces and then people are taking advantage of it for their own gain, like the Conservatives did. Let's just leave it at that. Um, you can't help but then recognise it even further. But it doesn't matter how much you recognise it in this country, nothing will ever change with it. But I think even, like, forget about politics, I think even cases like this, they really shine a light on social services and stuff in England. Yeah, And I think it's very easy for you not you, but for people to look at something like this and like something horrible that happens to a girl like Shannon Matthews and be like, well, they should have done more, blah, blah, blah. But actually, there was no previous history of abuse in her family. No. Yeah, Karen had seven kids, but fuck it, like, people have kids. There was no, like, well, she can't look after them or whatever. There was no reports from the school to say that she'd they'd notice any, like, dishevelment or bruises Mm. or anything to suggest that she'd been abused in any way or neglected um but it's also easy for people to be like oh well social services failed them blah 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 and also i'm like yeah but social services are so friggin' overworked as well yeah overwhelmed. like that if you've got if you're taking too many cases on across too few people in a team things are going to slip through the net it's common sense. So instead of blaming the service that is supposed to keep children safe, you need to blame the higher ups that fund that service that are neglecting it. So like, after the case of Shannon Matthews, sorry, was, I'm getting political no, now. <laughs> after the case of Shannon Matthews, there was actually a report um, put in in 2010 that found that social services could not have anticipated the abduction and would not have been able to help. It stated the serious case review concluded that the historical and current knowledge available to professionals involved with this family could not have led them to anticipate the third child's abduction from her home or her mother's involvement in this. The only way to have avoided her abduction was through her prior removal from the home under a care order, and there is no evidence to suggest 
that this was warranted on the basis of professional knowledge about this case. So... I mean, there's literally only so much you can do as an outsider, isn't it? Because we don't yeah. know what happens behind closed doors. Yeah. Even services like the NSPCC, they can only do something if the child calls them. Like, you know, like child line. Hmm. Like, you can't read people's minds. You can't be a fly on the wall in every in every household to make no, sure, like, impossible. everyone's having the perfect family. If you're looking at cases like the one that comes to mind for me is Baby P. Do you remember Baby P? Yeah. My little yeah. boy. Like if you're, if you're, uh, I don't want to like put the pressure on teachers, but like if you're, if you're seeing this child every day and you can see bruises and there's clear signs of abuse there, then that's something different. But Shannon Matthews, there was nothing there. And even when I did the research, there's no like history of prior abuse or anything like that. Mm. I mean, hindsight's a great thing, isn't it? And like, especially with like ADP. Like, yeah, there was evidence of things going on. But you also have 30-odd other kids to mm. under your care five days a week. So as much as, yes, you should recognise certain things, it's easy, to, it's easy to get distracted by another child. Like, it's... But, like, you can't put the blame onto a certain thing, one certain factor, because when things like this happen, they only happen because of a series of events that add up and i mean let's be real who would ever fucking think that your mum would kidnap you for fifty thousand pounds? exactly exactly the ultimate whatever whatever family situation you're in like you never know what's going on in someone's mind whether your mother or your brother or a friend whatever like yeah so that's it that's the abduction search and discovery of Shannon Matthews because she got found. So obviously it's a horrendous crime, but it's kind of got a happy ending, kind of. Mm, yeah. I mean, she's out of that family now. Yeah. Which probably the best, and probably the other kids are as well. They're probably with oh, foster, yeah, for foster sure. family. For sure. So as much as you want to keep the siblings together, the most important thing was they didn't have that mother. Like, because can you imagine if her plan had worked? She's got seven other kids there for that to happen to as well. Yeah, she'd be a rich bitch. I know. Like, how many times would that have to happen before someone's like, oh, hang on, you've had four kids go missing and suddenly reappear here? Like, Mm. do you want to know the case I thought it was? What? Tia Sharp. That's who I was thinking of. Tia Sharp. 2013. You know Shannon Matthews, now we've talked about it. You remember that? Yeah, definitely. But I just, I, in my head, I was getting her mixed up with Tia Sharp. You probably recognise this is the, so it was the grandmother's boyfriend who killed her after sexually assaulting her and then claimed, as far as I know, then claimed that she'd been abducted and they found her in the loft. He'd hidden her in the loft. But yeah, it was this massive, as if he ever thinks that the police aren't going to like search the loft, like you fucking idiot. Um. Yeah, that's who I thought it was. I was just getting them mixed up. Yeah, so there we have it. We're keeping these uh, very concise in time, which I'm actually quite enjoying. Yeah. Sometimes people don't want to listen to like an hour and 20 minutes. No, definitely not. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it's New Year's Eve today, so let's hope New yeah. Year's is great. We're recording this on New Year's Eve, but you probably won't hear it until... Like mid January. The end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Um so 
We all hope, we both hope you're having an amazing 2021. So far, anyway. It's everything you've wished for. I'll be honest, I'm kind of sick of hearing about COVID. So if you are too, make sure to follow us. Oh, <laughs> she did it. She did a full 180 on that. That yeah. was slick. Because <laughs> we we're not talking about COVID. I'm sick of it. I just want to talk about true crime. Yeah, I was going to do that, you know, the thing you did on Instagram, like the 2020 roundup. But then I was like, it's so fucking depressing. I don't even care that I've had like it's good not, points. Though, it's actually fun. It's actually fun. Oh, I, I, I normally do it every year, don't I? Yeah. So I did like but, a like, 2020 did... roundup on Instagram. So I like posted photos all throughout the, from throughout the year. But it's actually fun because you feel like you haven't done anything this year. And actually, like I have, like I haven't gone anywhere, but I've gone places in England. But like it's more that. I started watching them and then like the videos from the 1975 concert came up and I was like, I'm just so sad because all I want to do is go back to that. Like, and then the videos from Bongo's Bingo came up and I'm like, oh, one day. I just want things to be normal again. One day. So yeah, make sure you follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We've had over 700 downloads of this podcast. Stop it. Oh my God. That's not necessarily 700 individual listeners, but I don't know. I don't really fully understand the analytics of this podcast, but we're just going to go with it. We're still famous. 700 is still more than zero. (laughs) Quick maths. So you can find us by typing in everything with the girls in the search bar because we're not quite onto the top charts just yeah, yet. Yeah, you have to proper type it all in. Um, we're also on Instagram at everything with the girls pod. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please listening to please listen to some of our others and let us know what you think. Just don't be a wanker about it. I'm going to add no, that onto every episode. No. I mean, um, considering so far it's only your dad and your dad's not a wanker, so it's great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see you next week. Well, 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 we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. We're doing the Shepherd's Bush murders, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, bye. Bye. Bye.